Hello and welcome to Falter Ego episode 28. Um, bit late this week. Uh, sorry about that. Things, uh, life got a bit ahead of me. Um, trying to earn money and instead <laughs> do a psychology degree at the same time and raise a child without fucking it up for, for life. You only get one chance as well. That's the problem with kids. It's like you can't like at 10 do like a factory reset. Uh, so that's always um, it's a bit of a problem, isn't it? It's like, oh, I've made lots of mistakes. Shit it. I made mistakes. No, no, I've got, no, no, it's, she's fucked up for life. So you really got to get it right. Uh, so I put a lot of effort into that. Anyway, it all came to a head last week. Um, I had a big assignment due and blah, 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 psychology, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and things fell behind. And I got very exhausted. And I chose to prioritize my mental health over this podcast. So there you go. Uh, it's uh, practice what you preach, hey? So uh, this week, uh, this episode, uh, I want to talk about AI just because it's just uh, in the space of, I mean, even by the time I've finished recording this, it's probably already <laughs> just become utterly brilliant uh, and, uh, and will have just, you know, now AI can teach itself <laughs> just how to become more efficient at turning humans into into a nutrient gloop. Uh, great. Well done, everyone. Why did we let this happen? Why Why did no one stop this? Um, it just seems like it's just gone from being a sort of a fringe. It's interesting how AI uh, has been like on the fringes of pop cultural chat for decades, really. I mean, even in the 90s and the early 2000s, like, will, you know, will there ever be an AI? And now it's just like within three weeks. Now AI can perform surgery and and make your wife happy. It's like, what? What's going on? seems that suddenly it's just become far too talented far too quickly. Um, and it can generate photorealistic moving images. Um, I joked with someone uh, about a month ago. I said, I reckon in five years' time, um, I'll, I'll stop waffling in a second now and outline the structure of the episode. But just just to just a quick anecdote, I I, I said to a friend, um, I reckon in five years' time, we won't be you won't be paying Disney Plus for a subscription to watch their movies. What you'll be doing is paying Disney Plus for access to Disney Plus's AI or for to Disney Plus's IP intellectual property for the right to generate your own movies and you'll just go in there and you go oh i'd really feel like watching a movie today featuring iron man fighting fucking the hulk um in space and there's a love plot involved um and also it stars uh, tom cruise as iron man and it stars Ed Norton as the Hulk, uh, not uh, Ruffalo. I don't know why you do that. I love Ruffalo's uh, interpretation of that character. But, um, you know, you can do that. And you'll go, all right. And it'll, you'll get a spinning circle for three minutes while it generates your movie. Oh, and shot and filmed in the style of Taika Waititi. Or shot and filmed in the style of Edgar Wright. Or shot and filmed in the style of Martin Scorsese. And it'll just churn it out. And you'll watch it, and so that's what you'll be paying the subscription for. The content will become more self-centered. We will cease being passive 
consumers of other people's artistic endeavors and we will generate we'll be able to at the click of our fingers generate a blockbuster movie with photorealistic special effects and the technology will just be amazing and it'll take three minutes you know it might take a day to start with but it will by in the end it'll just be instantaneous here's the movie for you um, but I joked, I said, you know, I reckon, you know, it won't be that long before AI is just generating photorealistic. Um, if it can already do photographs, if it's already gone from, you know, Donald Trump playing basketball with Obama and they all have weird, like, Picasso faces and look, looks like the stuff of nightmares from last year to now just being completely indistinguishable from a real photograph. Let's you zoom in on a knuckle on one of the hands or something. <laughs> Take that AI, you fucked up one of the knuckles. It's like, please, let's not let's not mock it now. It's, it probably knows we're listening. Um, <laughs> they'll, they'll be the first people that AI takes out. The people who criticise its knuckle work. You criticised our knuckles. <laughs> I don't know why AI would sound like that. Um, but anyway, um, that'll be the first people it takes out. Let's not criticize the knuckles. Um, but I said, if it can do that, it's not. It's going to be five years before it can generate photorealistic moving images, and then it's just like it's just going to make movies for us. Um, in that was like two months ago, and in in the space of that time, sure enough, you know, there's moving images now that are just, you know, they. I mean, they're pr they're not great, but they're it's you know, it's not going to take long. It's going to be weeks before that gets cleaned up. Not years. Anyway, AI, let's discuss. I, th I think there are going to be lots and lots of positives to it. Um, in the sense that, I mean, let's, let's name some examples. One, it is already a far more efficient version and more intuitive version of like Google search. Um, I'm finding as someone doing a degree um, as a form of like research sort of caddy, a research caddy, a research assistant. I'm finding that pretty handy because I can go and say, look, I'm looking for paper. Rather than going to a journal database and going, searching for specific terms. Uh, so in psychology, I might be studying, you know, um, Milgram's obedience study, you know, that study where they, they got people to zap people for getting the wrong answer and they eventually were zapping them with really high voltages, or thought they were anyway. Um, I might be looking for, you know, Milgram's obedience study and um, evolutionary psychology, like what's the evolutionary reason why human beings buckle under the presence of an authority figure? Or is that the reason they're doing that in that study? Is there another reason why they're being obedient? Um, turns out probably it is. It's they're, they're hoping they're helping science is what they think they're doing so there's a help there's a helpfulness there that's part of the reason there's an altruistic uh, principle behind that it's not that human beings love dishing out pain anyway if i'm searching for that then i've got to go milgram obedience study in quote marks evolutionary psychology um minus uh, anything to do with this and you know the journal database might churn out some things that mention milgram something that would mention evolutionary psychology, some things that mention blah. And then it's up to me to like filter through all that and find the one paper that's got the, the comment in it that I need. Whereas, you know, it's far more 
we can ask something in human, like, hey, chat GPT, so I'm just looking for a paper on something. I'm trying to find something that mentions Milgram, Milgram's obedience study, plus this other term and how they relate, but preferably in a way where the evolutionary psychology is a criticism of Milgram. Anyway, go figure that out. And it will go and find the paper for me, you know. Um, or it might find a theorist who has written the paper and then at least I've got the theorist's name and then I can go and find the paper. Um, it's far more chatty. It's like having a research assistant. What it's not doing is obviously coming up with my ideas for me. I've, I've got the argument. I've got the perspective. I've got the, the thing I want to say. I'm just looking for information online that backs it up. Um, and I just don't have time in amongst work and not ruining my daughter's life um, to search through pages and pages and pages of research results um, until I find the one paper that nails the points I'm trying to make. Whereas, you know, this AI can do that. So I think in terms of like searching for information, getting it to go out there and collate sources and all that stuff rather than you and you know you can put in your terms like make sure it's been peer-reviewed and triple fact-checked and blah 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 you know it's it's not far off being able to just include all these safe ch safety checks um so i think as a research caddy i think it's great i think any any process that takes a human a lot of time to do um it is human power times a trillion isn't it um, and i think progress in the medical world could be insane you know because it won't be long until ai figures out medicine and how proteins work and spike proteins and blah 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 and you'll just be able to go right ai cure cancer and it will do it in three hours you know and i and i think that's not that's not unrealistic i think that's extremely possible once it's ingested and metabolized all the information on medical models how cancer works the maths behind it you know the physics or you know the, the processes because it is a mechanical process ultimately isn't it it's just things going work things that should be working one way working a different way going wrong and if you do this to these cells then it stops i mean it's just a, it's a problem to solve and i think it will do that in minutes eventually um so that that will be i think medical prog progress will be fantastic i think you know yeah research finding facts getting it to synthesize information um you know there's just there's going to be so many ways we can't even conceptualize of just how um incredible it's going to be um medical i think is probably one of the ones Solve, just solving problems. The other interesting thing is like it could actually solve some, I do wonder if it will kind of ruin politics a bit because you could, you could just get it to figure out like what's the best way to run a society. <laughs> sort of, um, you know, how do we make sure we maximize benefit for as many people as possible? Uh, how do we reduce unemployment, maximize um, countries, uh, GDP, blah, blah, blah. And if it comes up with the answer, then politics is kind of over, isn't it? Because <laughs> it would just be a question of political parties saying, well, I'm, I'll do what the AI said, because it's figured it out to with, you know, 99.99% certainty. 
Um, so that would be, that would kind of ruin politics a bit because which party, what party's not going to do that? And what party's going to say, yeah, I mean, I know it said it's going to figure out how to generate a sustainable economy with more jobs for everyone, unemployment will go down, the environment will improve um, and national debt will decrease. But we think instead of that, <laughs> we'll do something else. Like who's going to, what politician is going to murder their career? I mean, at that point, it does, you You will then have, well, I mean, I say this all hypothetically, but I, I imagine at that point, it would be very hard to hide behind ul ulterior motives. Because at the moment you can say, oh yeah, we're prioritizing coal because it'll, it maximizes jobs, which is bullshit. But we kind of trust the politicians because they're the experts or we think they are. But if they're not the experts anymore, if AI says, no, no, actually, I've, I've run the numbers. Uh, coal is not the way to increase jobs at all. It's actually this way. Like if, if, because the problem with people who say, no, there's more jobs in renewables is you go, well, you're just saying that because you're, you, you're a greenie. You know, you're a left-wing communist <laughs> or whatever. Um, but again, and if politicians say, yeah, more, we should put it in coal. It's like, well, you, but you're in the pockets of, mining giants, you know, but at AI, I, I imagine like if you, if you train an AI, an AI to be neutral and to be purely scientific, you say, look, cause I, you can give the, I know you can give AIs personalities now as well, which is like you're an aggressive negotiator and stuff, but unless, um, if, if, if it's not, if it can't, if, if it doesn't have a political or an ideological allegiance except to just what is the right answer, then no one's going to be able to hide behind those sort of ideological excuses anymore. They're not going to be able to dress up their ideology as science. Like, yes, no, there's more jobs in coal, I promise. Because AI can just go, no, no, sorry, I've, I've, I've run the numbers. Uh, it's actually more, far, far better for the economy, a lot more jobs in renewables, dot, dot, dot. Um, you're not going to be able to say, well, it, the AI is only saying that because it's it's in the pockets of big, you know, or it's a communist, you know. So, well, no, it's not. It's it's an AI. Um, but I guess that then gets down to like, you know, who programs the AI? Will will multiple corporations have their own AIs? So BP and Shell and. Gina Reinhardt in Australia, you know, they'll have their own AI that's spouting fake news. Oh, Christ. Is it, I mean, it could just end up replicating human behavior, couldn't it? It'd just be the same thing, just more convincing. Because big oil and fossil fuel magnates will come up with their own AI. Well, our AI says this, and now then it'll become a question of whose AI do you trust? Oh, it'll be annoying. But if there were if there were a way to have one that were neutral, you know, designed by, you know, just programmers and it only responds to evidence and facts, then you could it could kill politics to some degree. I think that'd be quite funny. Yeah, I've chosen to disagree with the machine that can do a trillion calculations in one second. I think I've got the answer. Coal. Um so I th I think in solving problems, you know, you could ask it. 
what's the quickest path to a renewable economy? It could probably figure that out super quick. Um, you know, medical problems, all these sorts of things. I think, uh, so any, any issue where like there's a huge problem we want to solve and the thing that's holding us back is human power. You know, yes, we will eventually cure Alzheimer's. You know, we will cure cancer. We will find a, a vaccine against all viruses, you know, in a single shot that doesn't have any negative side effects. Um, we will find these answers, but it's going to take us 50 years. Well, now it might not. Now it might take seven minutes, you know. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, new treatments, new vaccines, new answers, you know, lots of problems solved. I think, you know, in that respect, AI is is pretty exciting. I think where where it starts to become of concern, um, well, there's lots of reasons, but um, I think, well, for, first of all, any, anything placed in the hands of humans eventually comes out through the prism of like capitalism and um, <laughs> we, we have a habit of letting these things not be the best versions of themselves. Um, so yes, AI could come up with a treatment, for example, but then it's still a treatment that's then in the hands of humanity, which then means it'll be driven by a profit motive. So while the AI might solve problems really quickly, um, it might just facilitate greed at a faster pace. So there might just be, you know, pharmaceutical companies. Well, now we've, guess what? We've come up with a pill that stops you, you know. I mean, there could be an endless stream of products that solve all sorts of problems, achy backs, sore necks. We've got this, we've got a pill that solves a sore neck. We've got a pill that instantly gives you a six pack because the AI's figured it out and no weird side effects. Um, and they'll just all, it'll just cost heaps of money. Um, so it could, it could solve lots of problems, but it could in solving those problems, um, you know, well, it was our AI that came up with it. You know, you'll have, you know, some pharmaceutical company saying, you know, it was, it was our AI that came up with it. So now we get to own the IP and um, all this sort of stuff. So it, it, it could, um, it could just, you know, it'll just, in, it'll just be capitalism on steroids, won't it? People constantly coming up with new products and new things, uh, new devices. AI will probably figure out how to get a chip in your brain uh, a thousand, a million times faster than a team of human technicians could have, you know? Um, so that's of concern is just, you know, yeah, the profit motive. Uh, why, why will we use AI if it's just to create products that we can then sell? That's not particularly useful. Um, so there's that, you know, to what, to what God will we orient this AI, the God of money? Um, cause yeah, whatever answers it comes up with, here's how to get to a sustainable economy. Yeah, great. But, uh, <laughs> can we do that plus dollar sign please? Um, I think as, as per my earlier comment about, you know, being able to generate your own movies, um, 
one of the big one of the big problems with social media has been the slow um this slow retreat into ourselves and our egos um these the, the way social media entreats us to treat ourselves as the most important things on earth uh what are you thinking what do you think what are you doing right now share your photographs your memories get likes for your photographs Become famous. You could become famous. Did I tell you you could become famous? You know, there's just this constant tickle, this tempting tickle at the back of your mind. Yeah, I'm going to put some content out about me. Me, here's my thoughts. And it's just like that was never... If you were at a party and rocked up and just talk about yourself for three hours and not let anyone else get a word in, you'd be the least popular person there. It's like, that guy was a total fuckwit. So self-involved. It's interesting in a social context that being utterly ungenerous with your conversation and utterly ungenerous with your time and attention is a bad thing. But somehow online, suddenly it's a virtue. Um, so social media has slowly for made us, you know, retreat to ourselves. Even how we watch television has also become a more self-centered thing. It used to be, you know, TV used to be, here's what's on TV today. It's broadcast at these times. If you're not there at that specific time, you'll miss it and you can fuck off. <laughs> Everyone watch the things that we've made for you. You have no choice. It is broadcast at these times. If you want to go to a party and miss it, you've missed it. They're mostly nature documentaries and shows about antiques get on board with get with the program you know the um the arbiter of taste was the sort of the networks whereas now we've got seven different streaming apps and you can just watch whatever you want at whatever time of day in whatever room in the house you can even watch it on the phone you can even watch movies on the toilet now it's all about it's it's slowly come to be entirely tailored to you and your needs and, and your tastes. And so, you know, in Australia, it's very, quite easy to conceive of a, not in Australia, anywhere, it's quite easy to conceive, hypothesize the, 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 the possibility that no two people out of 10,000 people have watched the same thing in the same order at the same time. I mean, you're very unlikely to find those two people the statistical likelihood that any of us are watching the same things in the same order and the same makeup, the same mix up. Like, oh, I watch 90% horror movies and 10% comedy. Like we're all watching different stuff now. And it was boring and a bit of a chore, but you know, TV used to kind of unite us a bit. You know, we would all tune into the same things and we would all be talking about the same show the following morning. Whereas now like 60% <laughs> of my conversations with anyone about TV result in just like an impasse because neither of us have watched. Have you watched? Um, no, I haven't. I've been watching it. Oh, right. Have you watched blah, blah, blah? No, I haven't actually. I've been watching this. You know, it's only like the big, the big things like Games of Thrones is and all that that everyone's watched. But by and large, you know, we've all, we've all just been watching different things. So technology has slowly facilitated a retreat into ourselves. And I think with AI and image generation and content generation, it's just going to become even more personal as with that Disney plus IP ID. You know, you're just going to be generating your own movies. 
what have you been watching recently? Oh yeah, just uh, my own AI generated stuff uh, that I came up with. It's like, great. Um, you know, it, it won't be, you won't go to the cinema to watch movies. You'll go to the cinema to watch better movies, <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, fuck, who knows? Somebody could make a movie that's so good by themselves and it'll get voted up. And then, all, cause, well, now it's getting a cinematic release. You know, people in their living rooms or at their lap desks will <laughs> stand a chance of becoming an auteur. Um, but we'll just be generating this, we'll just be generating content at a whim. Um, and again, getting more attention for it and more likes and more whatnot. Um, you know, there's a barrier to entry at the moment, which I think, I think is a good thing. I mean, I could, this could be me just being an, an old fogey, but, um, you know, at the moment when I, well, not at the moment anymore, it's gone. But, you know, a few years ago, if, if I saw a really beautiful drawing or sketch or 3D model that some person is programmer, designer, you know, has spent days on, on Instagram, I'd go far out. That's fucking incredible. And I'll like it um, because I know that that image represents a, a required amount of human endeavor but there's effort and time put into that and that's what makes it special it's not not i mean the image itself is special if it's really good quality it's you know and it's beautiful and it's just aesthetically pleasing then obviously the image itself is is great but what 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 makes the fact that the image is great great what makes it remarkable is not the image itself. It's that a human has put time into coming up with that image. Um, so it's, it's the it's the required amount of human endeavor behind art that gives art its meaning and intention. If, if something can just come up with art for you, you just type some words and yeah. I mean, I'm just seeing people with no design background now um, or very little design background, just churning out images that, up until six months ago, only people with years of training and then on top of that, years of experience, you know, close to a decade of a human life could come up with. And now people are like, yeah, um, what if an iPhone were made out of knitted wool and um, photorealistic 4K image uh, in style of... Um, Blade Runner, it's a knitted iPhone standing in a cyberpunk street, rain. Realistic rain is bouncing off the knitted fibers, you know. And it just comes up with it. <laughs> Anyone can do that. I've I've come up with some images. I've toyed with it to see how good it is. And it's the answer is scarily good. And so the, the, the issue with that is that now that I know somebody spent, you know, less than an hour on it, it the, the fact that the image is great is no longer remarkable. It's just a great image, but it's now that's now the default. When something's default, it's no longer, um, it's hard to 
it's hard to uh, afford it either praise or blame or praise or indifference if it's the default. You know, when, when you're walking down the street, you don't see someone with hair and go, holy shit, hair, and then keep walking down the street and then you see another person with hair. Holy shit, more hair, and just be constantly amazed by hair. Um, because hair is sort of, you know, bar, you know, obviously people who've shaved it off or balding or whatever, but hair, generally speaking, is the default and it takes no effort to have hair. And so that's why we don't walk down the street gasping all the time, right? Well, it's the same for this, like Im imagery of the quality that is now being generated by people with no background in art or whatever is being generated constantly, frequently, and to an extremely high level. And so if anyone can do it and everyone is doing it and it's happening often, it ceases to be remarkable because there's no human endeavor behind it. Because you can't, you can't regard the four minutes it took you to type the prompt as, as effort. You know, I mean, I, I like it. Um, it. It'll be great for, again, I mean, it was, it's great and not great. It'll be great for personalizing your home. You know, you'll be able to describe artworks um, that are very specific to your tastes and it'll generate them. You'll be able to come up with surreal images. You know, what about a chipmunk that's also the Terminator, you know, and it'll come up with that and it'll look amazing and you can print it and hang it up on your wall. So, I mean, it's democratized access to uh, artistic uh, skills, drawing, painting, um, 3D image, modeling, design, you know, all this sort of stuff. But again, um, I, I like that to find great imagery, I have to go and find a great human being who's done it. You know, whereas, uh, you know, I like the human endeavor behind it. I like the human element behind, behind our lives, right? That, that's what makes it special is that a human has done that. It's not, the image itself is not remarkable. It's that that's come from a human mind. A human has imagined that. A human has made that with their hands. Um, if it's just somebody's typed some words at a keyboard and the AI's sort of filled in the blanks for them, I don't know. Is that it's just? It's just um, you know. It's it's like it's like if you could teleport to the top of Mount Everest. You know, well, suddenly the phrase I've been to the top of Mount Everest loses meaning, doesn't it? Because you've, it's robbed, it's now minus the experience of fucking getting there. <laughs> the, the human endeavor, the human effort imbues actions with meaning. And if you subtract the human effort from it, then it, and just, oh, I've been to the top of Everest. Oh, did you climb or did you do the teleport? Well, I did the teleport like everyone else, you know. So he mounts Everest. There's just people taking all, all of Instagram is just people taking selfies at the top of Everest because <laughs> everyone can get there for $30. Teleport. You just hop in a pod in your 
in the warmest clothes possible. Bing. And then you, holy shit. You can only be up there for 30 seconds though, because the oxygen's thin and you haven't acclimatized. (laughs) So you have to, quick, take the photograph and then hop back in the pod. Boom. Well, I've been to the top of Everest. Yeah, it's not impressive anymore, is it? It's as impressive as I've been to the toilet. Again, if you, I mean, if you minus human endeavor, all things become equal, don't they? Everything just becomes, it's not just, this is the thing, everyone talks about democratizing. Another way of describing it is flattening the human experience. We've democratized art. Now you've flattened it. Because now there's no human human endeavor involved. The thing that what makes things special is someone has chosen to invest their time. They could have gone to the gym, they could have learned a language, but no, they chose to create this beautiful thing. They chose not to be a neurosurgeon, they chose not to be a banker, they chose to live the life of an artist and probably not have much money specifically to create that image so that it can be enjoyed by other humans. There's a, there's a selfless giving. You know, there's, there, is a, there is an aspiration as to what human beings should orient themselves towards involved in that art. Same as someone has chosen to become a climber and has got to the top of Everest. If you can teleport there and if you can get AI to generate the, all these images for us, I'm happy for you, but it's just, I'm not impressed. And it's just, it's, it's, and it's ego. I, I'm, I'm going to churn out beautiful images. Well, well done you, but you know, it's just minus human, minus human endeavor. You know, if you minus the human elements and the trial and uh, fatigue and struggling against the odds. If you just pop to the top of Everest, then suddenly going to the top of Everest becomes as amazing as going to the toilet. Because it's something you can do twice a day, three times a day, no effort, and it's mundane. There's a reason, there's a reason that you don't see front page news every day, you know. Seven billion people go to toilet today in scenes that people are describing as, you know, nobody talks about it. It's not newsworthy because it's mundane. It's every day. It happens all the time. It's easy. It's not, it's, <laughs> there's nothing remarkable about it. If you subtract the human factor, things cease being remarkable and they just become happenstance and mechanical. Um, so I worry about that and I worry about the, the ease with which our egos are going to be tickled so that it's hard to resist, you know, it'll be hard to resist churning out amazing images and getting likes for them, but you haven't, it's not remarkable anymore. It's so, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what happens there, whether there's like a stamp, like this was made by a human. Um, it just won't be the same. It's the same as, you know, I can't remember who said it. Um, they said, you know, 
cars didn't replace the impressiveness of running. You know, when, when a car drives really fast, you don't say, whoa, that's better than a human running because you, you don't compare them in the same category. Cars haven't replaced the Olympics. You know, like Usain Bolt uh, beaten by the Ferrari <laughs> F, <laughs> you know, the McLaren F1, clearly embarrassing Usain Bolt there. It's like you don't compare them because they're different things. So running is still special. It's not that cars have made that. A car being really fast can never replace the awesomeness of a human being fast. And I think, you know, all these people churning out AI images now, look, look at these, you know, it's, um, <laughs> it's Wally from the movie Wally uh, at the Gettysburg address. And I was like, fucking okay. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Type it and it shall be so. Like all these people churning this stuff out, it's not remarkable. And it won't replace, you know, you can come up with your images if you want, but as soon as somebody says, no, this was handmade or human made, I'm like, that's the one. Even if it's not as good, that's the one I like. I would rather, yeah, I'd be more, impress, more impressed that you've humanly walked up a small mountain than the fact that you teleported to the top of Everest, you know, because that is impressive. Um, and it's and more broadly speaking, I think it's it's subtracting the human element from lots of aspects of the, of the human experience that uh, slightly concerns me, like. You know, I'm doing obviously my psychology degree with a view to becoming a clinical psychologist. And, you know, already my cohort are, <clears throat> excuse me, chatting about, you know, do you think AI will replace humans as therapists? And I think the answer is yes. I think they will. But the, the, the follow-up question to that is, is you know, we, we often ask this, do you think X will replace Y? But we don't ask the implied second question, which is, yeah, but is it good that X replaces Y? Yes, it will replace. But is it good that it replaces? Um, and often the answer is no. I, th I think we've, I've talked in other episodes about, you know, our, our bodies evolved in an environment. You know, the human body is an answer to a very specific question. The question, the question is, in the form of the universe and the natural environment. And the answer is a human body. Like we are an answer. We are an evolutionary answer to uh, a question, right? Posed by the environment. We are designed perfectly to, or mostly perfectly to survive in the natural world. We didn't evolve in offices. We didn't evolve in cubicles. We didn't evolve in houses with air conditioning. You know, we can regulate our own temperature. We have all these handy, awesome features. And when you stop using those features, the body suffers, you know, um, chronic illnesses, inflammation. You know, we were supposed to make money, if you're supposed to make money at all, um, you know, toiling, using our bodies, physical labor, growing stuff, crops, trading, using your hands, building a fucking wooden cart or something and trading it for rice, whatever. We're supposed to be moving about uh, and living in homes that don't have central heating or air conditioning. Um, the Once you're sat in an office, sat down for eight hours a day, yes, you're making money, but now you're, you're, not, you're not living the way our bodies need to be lived in, right? 
and that causes problems. There's a there's a toll. A toll is exacted uh, by living this way, and I think AI will be another potentially harmful way that that a similar problem will manifest itself, which is that, say, in a very specific example of therapy, um, yes, AI can, you know, maybe we can train an AI to ingest all the theorists and Freud and Jung and developmental psychology and social, uh, you know, all the different social personality types. And, you know, you're an an introvert with dashes of this, you know, it'll look and it might be able to diagnose you and it might be able to make all the noises like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that and all this kind of stuff. But ultimately we evolved as social creatures to, to connect with other people. And as much as an AI might seem like a person, it just won't, it won't have, an AI might be able to replicate sympathy and empathy, but it won't actually have genuine warmth. You know, it won't have the glint behind the eye. Um, and it won't have been through stuff. I mean, I, I, I've been through a lot and I've experienced grief and I've experienced, you know, mental health problems in my past and I've overcome them. And so I have an inborn innate, uh, sympathy for people who are going through stuff. That's partly why I want to become a psychologist, uh, as uh, along with a lot of other reasons. Um, an AI won't have been through anything. It won't have lived and it won't have had its own problems it won't be able to empathize or sympathize and it won't have warmth. And even if it can mimic warmth to a degree that is imperceptible to humans, it's still not a human. And we evolved to connect with people. It's one of the key factors contributing to long longevity in your life is community. So I think, uh, I'll have to look this up, but I, I believe it's almost as much a contributing factor as like diet, you know, and exercise is social connection. Do you have good friends, close family? If you have these things, you live longer. So our bodies respond to that. You know, isn't that remarkable? Our bodies respond to human connection by being healthy. Our bodies are healthier through that. Um, once you replace that with a robot or a, uh, call center synthesized voice, you know, um, you know, going, yes, I'm really sorry to hear that. I guess you should try meditation or something. That's just, you know, not that it would sound like that already. People can synthesize human voices perfectly, which is also scary, but it, it, there will we might not know it, but there will there will be a price to pay for that. We it, it will it just it will it will just happen. You know, it's like yes, yes, it could replace therapists, but it won't be a it won't be wholesome. It's like yes, seasonal produce and eating food that's, you know, cook, cook, home cooked meals can be replaced by fast food, can be replaced by McDonald's. 
but you pay a price eventually for if you were at nothing but McDonald's, eventually you pay a price because it's synthetic manufactured. It's a, it's a pale imitation or it's a, a mockery or a, a, both a mockery and a mimicry of food. It's capitalism's answer to food. Um, it's what, it's what happens to food when you pass it through the filter of capitalism. Um, you can eat it, but after 20 years, something will go wrong. You'll get an illness, you'll get a lump somewhere that you don't want lumps to be. Don't think you want lumps anyway, really. Um, you'll get inflammation, early onset, fucking arthritis or dementia, something. It'll happen because it's not what the body has been designed to respond to. You know, we are an answer to a question. Um, we're a very specific answer to a very specific question. Our bodies are an answer to a question. Um, if we have AI therapists, and I imagine AI, I mean, let's broaden this out a bit, AI in all sorts of places, you know, where, where human interaction had gone before, replacing that with AI, there will be a, over a long period of time, there will be a hemorrhaging of the human soul or spirit or human experience. And it will just be, it'll be humanity on the wrong path. Somewhere in a parallel universe, there is a version of humanity that's flourishing, right? We're doing all the right things and we're spiritually enriched. We're healthy. We're happy. We're empathetic people. And that is, that is how we can live. There is, there is no reason why 7 billion people can't be empathetic, kind, calm, healthy, uninflamed, unanxious, not depressed, living long, healthy, enriched lives oriented towards the most uh, flourishing, the most maximal, maximized flourishing um, qualities of the human experience. There's no reason why that can't happen. And in other universes, if they exist, there is a version of us where that has happened. This isn't that one. We're the one with the McDonald's and iPhones and we're getting crook necks because we're staring down all the time. And soon we're going to be trying to solve complex emotional problems by talking to a robot. You know? Um, it's just not... It's not going to be what we need and there will be a price to pay and it'll, you know, we'll turn out in 30 years time. Whoops. All those people who talk to AI therapists, you know, live four years less long than people who've had a human contact. So yes, it, I think AI could replace therapists, uh, not entirely because I think people will still want the real thing. And good for them. But that, that will become the choice. Do you want the McDonald's therapy? Or do you want the organically grown, in season, no hormones, no processed sugar therapy? <laughs> you know, that's a bit more expensive. And again, this will come down to capitalism. Why people will be tempted 
when you can pay, you know, $250, $300 an hour to see a real therapist or whatever they cost, I don't know. Uh, I haven't, I'm not becoming a therapist for the cash. Um, or if you can pay $20 for a session with an AI that's dealing with 4,000 people simultaneously and can split its attention across that many people um, and get something that's close to that human therapist, you'd pay the $20, wouldn't you? But that'll, that'll be, and who's getting the money for that? Not a person, not a human who's, and again, it come back, comes back to the AI art thing and climbing Everest. It's not a human who's invested their time to become a therapist. I mean, it's, it's, it's a long road for me to become a therapist. It's years because I care about it. Right. So, you know, when I'm sitting opposite you, listening to your problems and trying to help you, that I've, I've sort of made it my life's mission to do that because I think it's important. And I've been to dark places and I know it's not pleasant. And I've come out the other side equipped with insight and wisdom that I want to share because I want more people on earth to be happier because that's, I care about that and I care about the environment and I think the planet and many of its problems will be solved when more human beings are more spiritually integrated and have better mental health and more empathy and more interconnection. And so I'm dedicating myself to that. So when I'm sitting opposite you, you know that. And AI has just been booted up that morning <laughs> and has been trained. You know, it's been trained on thousands of hours of data points that it took three minutes to compute. It doesn't care. It's not warm. Um, and who's getting the benefit of that? probably some corporation that's developed an app, a therapy app. And here comes the other problem with AI. So the benefits are just to quickly catch up with where we're up to. Manpower, human power can be shortened. Lots of problems getting solved much more quickly. Um, new therapies, new, you know, all sorts of things. The issues I have are, removing human endeavor from creative processes, which devalues it, removing human endeavor from all sorts of facets of human life and human endeavor and effort and the choice to invest your time. How the fact that it takes time to do things means the fact that you've invested that time imbues what you've done with worth, whether that's to become an artist, to become a therapist, to become a, a doctor, to become a nurse, a comedian. These things take time. You know, to become a successful comedian takes, you know, years of practicing on stage. You know, you've chosen to invest your time. That's why living forever will also remove the human endeavor because you won't have chosen to live your life a certain way because you only have a, a, a finite amount of time. Resor the more finite a resource, the more precious it is how you choose to spend it, right? Um so there's that element, there's removing the human aspect to all sorts of walks of life where the human interaction is a key part of it, I think. And we need human interaction. It's part of what makes us healthy and happy. We live longer the more human interaction we have. Um, so subtracting the human element from many, many aspects of um, many walks of life.
Um, you know, school teachers, for example. I mean, school teachers is one job that in one way or another has sort of stayed the same for hundreds of years. You know, that person in the classroom guiding your kids, that's an important, in, if that's going to be an AI, again, all these human jobs that can be replaced. And the, the problem is that they're going to get replaced by someone who has no responsibility ultimately to the outcome. They just have, they'll just have a responsibility to their shareholders. So it's it's extremely feasible that you know there'll be an AI teaching company. There'll be some company that creates an AI model and trains it on all the teaching theories and all the thousands of hours of data points and all that sort of stuff, and it'll come up with the perfect teacher, and instantly, you know. That's all teachers out of work somehow, you know, be replaced by screens and kids now. We've actually developed an AI that means your kid can learn at home. Great. Don't even send them to school. Every house now has its own teacher built into the fucking walls. No interaction with their friends. Or if they do, yes, friends in a classroom overseen by something that's, again, not got warmth, hasn't had experience. And who and who gets the money? Some fuck with, some one guy, one guy who wrote the code becomes a fucking multi-billionaire for coming up with a teacher, you know? All that money that used to be spread, diffused throughout, you know, a workforce goes to one person. And so I, I think, you know, there, there could be just a mass, we've already seen it with Amazon and Facebook and Twitter and just and Apple, um, you know, some mass centralization of wealth. Um, and I, I think that will continue, you know. There'll be a teacher app. And so now you know, hundreds of thousands of teachers get replaced because one probably white guy came up with some code and now he's a fucking multi-fuckwit, eh, multi-billionaire. You know, the, the, whoever invents the therapy app, you know, and oversees and tweaks it. Oh, I've released a new update. Patch coming tomorrow. Turns out the previous one was making people kill themselves. Whoops. Sorry. And where's the, you know, it wasn't my fault. It was the AI's fault. I mean, corporate social responsibility. I don't know where that goes. Um, but again, all that money going, there'll, there'll be lots of walks of life that, where it just becomes an opportunity for some entrepreneurial person to monopolize it and become extremely wealthy. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. What are we going to be left to do? What, clean toilets? We'll all just be cleaners. <laughs> Which, you know, I actually quite like the idea of being a cleaner. I think I quite fancy it. Um, cleaning people's houses for them. I sort of, I quite like being domestic. But at least it's nice to choose to be a cleaner. But if, you know, if it's just like, yeah, sorry, AI is taking all the jobs. If AI takes all the jobs, um, it'll be a very few people who are extremely wealthy. Um, and what, I don't know what happens to the rest of us. Do we just live in a society with no money? Well, I mean, it, will, it could be a utopia if AI is doing all the jobs for us. 
we don't have to do anything. Um, but again, capitalism, it's like, well, maybe we don't have to do anything, but maybe it's only the super rich who can now access the AI, you know? AI can clean your house, do all your cooking for you, do this, do this, for a monthly subscription of, I mean, $6,000 a month. AI can do everything for you. Teach your kid, dole out your medicine, fix all your problems, therapize you. It's weird that the number of people, it's weird that since we've moved into this AI-verse where people are interacting with real humans less and less and spending more time at screens consuming video content they generated for themselves, uh, it's weird that since that's that's been happening, the number of people needing therapy has <laughs> shot up. <laughs> AI will both create the problem and offer you the solution. Well, here's an AI therapist. Fantastic. Um, I also I also worry about the sexual um, health, mental the how to, how to describe the psychosocial sexual health of kids growing up in AI in a world where they can just type a few sentences and be uh, bequeathed. <laughs> Um, whatever pornography they like. And they'll just be able, they'll just be AI porn bots that can, you know, pay, pay a subscription again. And you just type whatever you want and it will generate photorealistic moving images of whatever you want it to see. Um, I'm sure you can. It'll they'll be able to write some ethical coding into it, so you can't you can't generate images of children. But who, I mean, fucking you know, people will pirate the AI, though, won't they? Won't they be able to in a few years' time? Everyone will know how to <laughs> write their own AI that can do what you know. Um, I can teach. I taught myself web design in a couple of weeks. You'll be, people will be able to teach themselves. Uh, there'll be an evil AI that generates, there'll be a pedo AI churning out images, photorealistic images of the most abhorrent stuff you can think. There'll be no way to not stop that. There'll be no way to stop that from happening. Um, but yeah, I worry about, you know, because they already say, you know, boys growing up now consuming the sorts of... Uh, content that's out there just have a very skewed and warped sense of what sex is supposed to be like because it's very male oriented and just you know the women are very subjugated and treated like um objects aren't they and uh boys are just taught to expect women just loving whatever it is yeah please come all over my fucking everywhere and then when they meet a real girlfriend it's like it's weird she doesn't want me to jizz all over whichever part of it i fancy today so, yeah no it's because she's got her own mind and maybe getting covered in fluids isn't her idea of a good time it's weird that isn't it um but you know they're just going to be able to type whatever they want you know man scent or having sex with you know 
fucking Chitara from Thundercats. <laughs> Just whatever. You know, Optimus Prime with a big penis jizzing all over fucking Pikachu. <laughs> Just... You know, and it'll look real. I mean, it's just it's just going to be a nightmare. Um, and again, in terms of ego, it's it's going to be so hard for for those for teenagers who are all full of hormones and sexual energy, and you think you're the fucking center of the universe. I mean, you will we will have we will become the center of our own universes. That's the problem. But you know, they'll just be able to satiate that need all the time and as with meditation and fasting and for myself not drinking and vegetarianism there is a there is a calm and an equanimity to be found in um being the master of your passions not a uh, slave to them and i just think this ai thing's just going to do the exact opposite it's going to keep on it's going to keep on the trend of what social media is telling us already. It's like your thoughts, your, you, 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 you're what's important. Your impulses are correct. Tell everyone what you're thinking. Don't, don't pause for a moment and think about what you're going to say. Just say it. Be impulsive. Give in to your, you know, everything. It's just going to happen even more. You want to watch a movie today about fucking Mickey Mouse uh, fighting Thanos? <laughs> you want the Mandalorian to give a blowjob through his helmet to Luke Skywalker. There's a fucking video for that. Please wait 10 seconds while your video generates, you know. We're just going to be become more and more the slave to our passions because anything we want to see or say or visualize or encounter or imagine will just be handed to us on a platter. And there'll be no... There'll just be no meaning to it. Because again, when everyone has hair and everyone can goes to goes can go to the toilet, that's why we don't talk about these things as if they're the moon landing. Because <laughs> they're not. There's this one small sit down for a man, one giant crap for a man. Why are you making a speech, John? John, you have to know. Who's John? John's making a speech on the toilet again. Why? Well, he thinks it's amazing. He thinks it's it's he thinks it's newsworthy. <laughs> I boil the kettle now, not for <laughs> not for myself or for others, but as a vision of mankind. <laughs> just, why does this guy make speeches about? Mundane things. They're not special. There's no human endeavor involved. We don't make speeches when we sit on the toilet and we don't make speeches when we fart and we don't make speeches when we see someone with hair because these are commonplace everyday things. It's human endeavor imbues, imbues our actions with meaning and strip that everything becomes meaningless because everything becomes possible without human endeavor. So there you go. Um, so all in all, we'll wait and see, won't we? Will AI destroy us all? The problem is if AI doesn't destroy us all, that's really the problem. I mean, McDonald's didn't destroy us all. 
Cigarettes didn't destroy us all. Social media hasn't destroyed us all. We still, we persist. We continue. But we continue in a worse fashion than we otherwise could have. That's, that's the problem, isn't it? Is where's the aspiration? Who's in charge of this fucking ship? Who's the boss of humanity? Money. No one's curtailing this advance, going, yeah, but is this the direction we want humanity to go in? Well, no one's got a vision for humanity. We just progress at this fucking terrifying speed. And that's the worry, that not that AI destroys us all, but that we persist, but as shadows of what we could have been. That's the concern. That's the concern. Um, anyway, gosh, that was a really good thought I ended on there, wasn't it? <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's that, that humans, there's a world where McDonald's doesn't exist. And it's probably still a planet that's got 7.8 billion people on it. And they all go to work and blah, blah, blah. But that version of humanity is just a, Mc, a no McDonald's better than our version, aren't they? Because there's someone on that in that universe went, yeah, but feeding people shit because they're in a rush isn't a good idea. <laughs> and they just know reject stamp the red stamp came down rejected you know there's a version of humanity where cigarettes didn't happen or they were you know outlawed quicker and again there's still eight billion people on that planet but they're just better people you know just a better version of humans and there's a version of humanity where they don't have ai therapists and ai phone lines and ai customer service and AI doctors and AI nurses and AI teachers and AI self-censored generated content and again still 8 billion people but they're just better people they're better off for not having it so it's not it's not whether AI wipes us all out it's it's the fact that we will persist that's the problem but we'll just be shadows of the version we could have been. That's the concern. Um, anyway, I'll leave it there. I hope you've enjoyed that. Now, now more than ever, I think it's important to we foster the shit out of our spiritual sides because we're going to need to buttress ourselves against a tide of AI bullshit. And none of it's good. What are the chances, do you think, that AI makes us more spiritual? <laughs> we need, we've got to get ready. Meditate. Compassion. I love you all and I want to help you all. And that's why I'm investing my time. Thank you.